You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today to chat uh, about a lot of things, but mainly her upcoming book, which will be very exciting. So I'm going to turn it over to her so she can introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Hi, my name is Brie Luna. I am the author of Blood, Sex, Magic, which is going to be released this Halloween. I am also the owner and the creative director of The Hood Witch, which is a online platform I'm sure you may or may not be familiar with, um, <laughs> providing you with everyday magic for the modern mystic. You can find me at the Hood Witch on Instagram and at The Hood Witch on pretty much all social media platforms. Love it. Thank you. And listeners, as always, I will have that linked in the show notes so you can find it easily. And I do, I do want to chat all about your book because I have it. I have it in hand and I'm Woo! obsessed. It is beautiful. So we're absolutely going to dive into that. But first, I want to start more at the beginning. And if anyone is not familiar, I'd love to just chat about what sort of got you started in this realm and especially with creating content online and sharing that aspect of your life with such a large audience. Ooh, okay. Um, so let's see, we can start from... I guess like my initial fascination uh, with magic and, you know, the unseen realms uh, has always been really since my childhood. I have been a naturally very psychic, intuitive child. Uh, at that time, I didn't really know what that meant. Um, so there were a lot of like unexplained uh, situations. I always laugh and I call it death energy because I'd be able to like go into rooms and I'd be like oh my god it you know you always felt a presence so if it wasn't like seeing things or audibly like hearing like spirits or you know I, I didn't really know how to explain it at that time so um being that I you know grew up and just sort of like pushed it aside when I was in my tweens and teens I really delved into learning more about uh, magic and witchcraft. And so as a teen, I spent a great deal of time, uh, you know, in like bookstores and new age shops and occult stores and just really trying to learn as much as I could. At that time, it really wasn't like something that was easily accessible. I, I'm a millennial. So <laughs> I, I mean, it's like still sort of like the beginning era of like, the internet you know what I mean so that it wasn't as accessible as it is now and you'd have to uh really research or just know someone or you know be born into a very specific tradition so anyway that was really like my love of all things uh paranormal and occult and esoteric I just spent a lot of time in libraries and bookstores and also meeting you know like other uh, magical people. I grew up in Southern California and Los Angeles, so spent a lot of time in Venice Beach. And if you're from Los Angeles, you know there are a lot of uh, magical weirdos there. <laughs> so <laughs> that really, really shaped me, you know. But um, just growing up, like with my grandmothers, you know, I speak about them a lot in this book. Uh, my family's 
matriarchal lineage and magic and my relationship to that. And as a black and Mexican woman, I didn't really see my grandmothers as being witches um, by the definition from what I saw on, you know, on TV, we watched like, you know, like the Wizard of Oz or everyone has these ideas of like what a witch is as a child. And so I didn't see my grandmothers as being, you know, like ugly with like warts and, you know, they were the opposite of that. But culturally, I really began to delve back into um, our ancestral practices after I became a mom. And so that was another sort of like psychic, magical awakening for me and really helped me to deepen my own spiritual practice. So fast forward to, what? wow, it's been like 10 years of doing Hoodwitch. Um, I had been working as a esthetician so many of my clients, I was doing skincare and it's always very personal, you know, when you're connecting with someone and you're touching their skin and, you know, like really in that type of an atmosphere. So I began reading uh, my client's tarot. That's where the real crossover kind of happened where like I had already been into tarot, like doing it since a teen. And then it was more so just like a private practice for family and for friends um but then listening to a lot of my clients in my salon that I owned uh I really connected with them and so we I would read for them and somehow I just wanted to share my practices and I didn't really feel like there was a space for me especially 10 years ago um there weren't too many you know, women of color in or are even on like social media uh, doing what I was doing. So like sharing, uh, you know, information about the new and full moon, which I know sounds absurd now because everybody and their mom has, you know, they're a witch and there's a witch blog and a bruja and, a, you know, everyone has something witch and astrologer. <laughs> so it's very accessible right now. Um, but the way that I was doing it, you know, for those who aren't familiar with me, I really, um, I got into doing, a, working a lot of pop-up markets within my neighborhood, within my community. So doing, offering tarot readings in person at these pop-up markets, I made herbal tea blends. I sold crystals. That's what I was like really known for. I had tons of crystals and pendulums and tarot decks like I, I was a store you know I became an online store and um, a lot of people were brought in by my visuals because they were so different at that time everyone was really focused on like still the the tumbler you know very like black and silver witch or kind of gothy or American horror story you know it was it was more of like that genre but then here I come I'm like colorful and I have like these really long acrylic stiletto nails with like very intricate designs and I'm holding crystals. So like you had these very powerful images of like disembodied hands holding these very large crystals or, you know what I mean? So I was sharing rituals and I was sharing things that I was really into and 
uh, my practice and doing it from the lens of a black and Latina woman. And that was very, uh, very different at that time. And so that was really how that started, I guess, like with, you know, back then I didn't really see it as like creating content. I just was sharing because you know how Instagram at that time, it was more so like everyone was really sharing. There wasn't a, there, no one really cared about like, uh, how do I explain it? You know, like no one was really, there weren't like ads or, you know what I mean? Like there, it wasn't seen as like a commodification. It was more so like, Oh, we're, I'm, I'm a witch. So I'm going to share this like tea recipe, or I'm going to share this moon ritual. It was very, um, it was just very direct. So that's how it really got started. I can't believe I'm going to be celebrating like 10 years uh, in November this year. It's so exciting though. Oh my gosh. Right? I love it. No, your story is so interesting to me and absolutely what I went through as well. Um, because really when we started and there wasn't, or like it was the beginning of the internet and the internet was untrustworthy. Okay. We did not have Wikipedia. <laughs> You were not getting accurate results back then, but I can see how you wouldn't feel very represented in that because a lot of what was available to us was Wiccan based. And yes, a lot of that witchcraft was when we were going and like looking stuff up and just because of where Wicca came from and what it's based on is going to be heavily Celtic British Isles. And I could absolutely see why you would not feel reflected in any of that information. Exactly. And so it was really, um, it was a little challenging, you know, for me. And I was like, well, my family, you know, having such a colorful and rich culture where it was like having hoodoo and, you know, espiritismo and like curanderas, like having all of this like folk magic and tradition already in my family and not something that I learned from a book. It was more so like me realigning um, back to myself. You know what I mean? And I even look back on the early days of Hoodwitra, I'm like, oh, like, that's really cool. But, you know, I've even evolved more from that, you know? So it's just, it's very, I think that our spiritual practice um, should always be evolving and, you know, growing. And it's just been such a journey. I've loved connecting and seeing so many ways how you know everyone is now sharing their magic in this space and I love seeing women of color and like witches of color and like brujas all like you know showing a form of like representation and everyone's going to have you know something really great to contribute and I feel so honored and so proud to have been at like the forefront of you know what we're seeing this like modern witch renaissance or this resurgence because and it's not to say that this is something brand new we all know that witchcraft and magic has existed throughout every continent you know on this planet and so there is unique forms of magic and paganism and you know all of these practices that have come before christianity and like patriarchal you know ways of thinking and belief so uh I do think it's so cool how you know many people are like decolonizing their 
ways of practicing magic and going back to their pre-Christian uh, roots, be that with like voodoo or, you know, santeria, like all of these practices that are coming out of the shadows or coming out from the underground and they're being represented and they're being showcased. So, and even seeing like, you know, there's so many cool like pagan witches that I follow that are like, you know, Romanian witches and like Viking witches, like Norwegian. I, I just love it. I love seeing all of these people reclaiming their ancestral birthright, you know, like their, their, their connection back to earth, their, our connection back to the cycles of nature and taking care of our spirits and our elders. Like that, that really means a lot to me. I'm having the best time just watching all of this content on, you know, YouTube, Instagram, and everyone sharing, because there are so many aspects of witchcraft and like folk traditions in North America that came from Mexico, from Africa, from the people like mixing and being able, like those witches reclaiming that and being able to like teach it and explain. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I finally understand where this idea came from in the first place. I'm like, why, why does that superstition exist? Like, where did that even come from in this folk practice that I have? And then actually learning like the whole history and background um, from all of these various witches is so much fun to me. I love it. And I, I mean, I especially love, I know that people, and this is something that I faced when I did start Hoodwitch, you know, a lot of the old school uh, practitioners, I think they were a little apprehensive and a little hesitant where they're like, well, not everything is for everyone. And we understand that, you know, there are certain practices that require initiation and are closed, you know, like not everything is for everyone and I you know I I respect that and I understand that and I do think that that's a huge part of um you know and you have some people who are like well they're gate that's gatekeeping and it's like well no this is you know each path and religion you know and every tradition is going to have closed practices and that's something that you need to be mindful of uh you know there's just certain responsibilities that come with information and initiation and you know that's just that's how it is and and I respect it but I'm only speaking especially like in my book from my practice from my beliefs from how I you know was raised and from my lived experience um so of course like what I share I completely back a hundred percent and you know what I'm saying it's like what I share is like I share information that I don't mind the general public knowing so there's nothing that I would share online that I would not feel 100 percent comfortable with giving someone directly does that make sense so I'm like I don't I don't think people should share information of things that like they don't personally do or that they wouldn't do yeah I totally understand that um because there are a lot of close practices and I understand what you know people say about gatekeeping, which I don't, I do not love that term at all. <laughs> um, but pretty much every religion has their own form of that. Even, you know, the standard ones, you have baptisms and you have bat mitzvahs. Those things are part of like an initiatory practice because that religion is, is closed and you are initiating those people and you are teaching them specific things. So it's just another, these practices of witchcraft can also have those same practices and be closed to people who are not going to go through those initiations. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you you know, there's just certain precautions um, that should, people should take. But 
to kind of go back into what we were saying, how, you know, I really love the cultural exchange or like learning. It's like, I've been learning so much recently about like Appalachian magic from like, uh, you know, watching practitioners on like TikTok and like on different social media platforms. And I love like how there's just such a crossover from my own family, you know, being from the South and just how those generational recipes and uh, stories are, they kind of, they cross culture and I love it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, this is great. I love this story. I'm like, oh, wow. Like my grandma said the same thing. I recently uh, saw one where they were talking about not whistling at night. And that's something my grandmother used to say. And I found myself telling my son that because he likes to whistle, like he'll hum or like whistle songs in the house. And I'm like, stop whistling at night. And he's like, mom, like why? And I'm just like, because it's bad. It's like, you're gonna, you call in bad spirits. And and everyone, you know, in my family has always known that, but like whistling at night or like whistling at night in a forest and not responding back if you hear your name called in the forest at night oh, yeah. or like in the woods at night so I'm just like oh like these are things that you know cross culture and I think maybe you know it has a lot to do with just living in the same spaces yeah absolutely <laughs> I love that your son's like already learning right he's like mom he's like he's like I like to whistle and I'm like not in this house not at night and also another fun one it's like you have to wash your dishes all of your dishes don't leave dirty dishes out overnight because um you will attract hungry ghosts and also I've read that it will make you and your partner uh quarrel like have fights you know the next day so these are just you know yeah I do (laughs) I do that one because I have a house spirit and they're mad if I leave the dishes overnight so I always do it I can like tell the change in energy in my house if I don't do the dishes yeah, they're like, I gotta clean it. But my partner was laughing. He's like, he's like, don't you think that's just something that your parents told you so that you'd clean up and do your chores? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's funny, but no. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> All these could potentially just be parents trying to get their kids to do chores. Right? No, we were laughing about this. Um, I was chatting with my sister about it where it's like if you get your feet sweeped with a broom, how um and like a lot of like I guess it would well for me it would be like mm, my grandmother would be like, Oh, you're not gonna get married. Like if you get your feet swept sweeped over, it's like bad luck for a relationship and so I'm like you're supposed to spit on the broom if that oh. happens it varies from like spitting on the broom or spitting on the person who swept your feet and I was like oh my god you cannot spit on the person who swept you like <laughs> that was an accident but I'm just laughing so it's like you're supposed to spit on the broom I've also heard like throwing uh like pinches of salt behind your shoulder so yeah it's like all of these things you know there's just it's always just such a cross cultural thing uh, especially like in the american south of these type of traditions oh, yeah absolutely <laughs> well switching over then to chatting specifically about your book um which i said at the beginning is absolutely beautiful so excited to have it in my hands and for listeners this is coming out halloween is such a great publication date by the way i know and i didn't even like on the 31st is very you know what's so funny is that like i didn't even plan that it was one of those things where they showed me a calendar and they're like oh these are all the dates that like 
uh, our authors have picked. Here are the dates left. And I was like, you mean no one picked Halloween? Like, what? what? I was like, I want October 31st. Of course I want that date. So I picked Halloween and I think it's perfect because now my book baby gets to be born on Halloween and it's also a Scorpio. Like the Hood, the Hood Witch site, when I launched that in November, it's also a Scorpio. So I have two Scorpio creative babies. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. That is, that's such a great date. I'm so excited for you, but I would love for you to let the listeners know what they can expect if they haven't like looked up a blurb or anything yet. What is this book all about? So I, you know, I really don't want to say it's like, it's, it's roughly, I mean, I honestly, I love it. It's beautiful. It's like a visually stunning collection of spells and stories um it's like the perfect modern grimoire like it's like it's perfect it has history it has ritual it has magic it's very visual much like my site so if you follow me for a while you know that i love symbolism i love imagery um each of the pages i'm so proud to say that i designed myself one by one i worked with a designer um, at Harper One, and I was very, uh, very, very, very hands-on with how I wanted this book to look and feel, and it was important for me to include many of my own personal photographs from my family, uh, from artists that I've worked with, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's just visually so much more stunning than I even imagined that it was going to be. And I'm so excited for all of you guys to just get your hands on it because it's it's truly going to be something very different uh, in terms of like magic books that you have. There's not really there's nothing like it on the market. So you need to check it out and buy it. <laughs> Yes, I totally agree with that. The pages are beautiful. It's absolutely a labor of love to design something like that because it's not just filling it with that information. You're picking the the photos and the font and the layout of the pages to like all make sense in this very magical way. And that's just, it's a beautiful way to do things. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I feel like that's like, I'm really proud obviously of the stories I shared. And it's like, when you're writing, you know, you're always like, well, how much am I being too self-indulgent? Am I not being indulgent enough? Am I holding back? I think this is truly like I'm looking at it right now. I'm like holding my book and I just cried, you know, when I got it in my hands and I was like, this is so beautiful because when I was approached to do a book, the first thing I had in my mind, I already knew what I wanted it to look like. So before I even wrote anything on the pages, I knew what I wanted it to look like. And I knew what I wanted the readers to experience um, with holding a book like this. I could have kept going. To be honest with you, <laughs> I was like, it took me so long to really edit this down to, and I, I really appreciate Harper for being patient with me. I started doing this book in the beginning of the COVID lockdown. So having a lot of isolation and time alone was scary. And, you know, there was just so much like uncertainty at that time. 
but I'm very grateful that, you know, I was able to really pull through and, and this is truly, it is like a labor of love. And I think it's just, it's a testimony of like a cycle of completion. You know what I mean? Like from the beginning of the pandemic, a culmination of like stories from my life, from when I was a baby, from my family and my mom, my grandmother, you know, it's just sharing all of these things. It feels so good to see it come to life now and on these pages. And now I get to send it out into the world to all of you. <laughs> I love all the family photos in there. They're so sweet. Why? Oh my God. It's so vulnerable because you know, oh, yeah, you it is. Page, like <laughs> I don't have any, I don't post photos of myself on Hoodwitch. Like I've always been so used to being behind the scenes and giving and giving and giving, giving, giving. And so now this was about myself and my journey and what I wanted to share. So it does feel a bit vulnerable to put your childhood photos in. <laughs> but you know, I think it, it gives a it, it really gives a full picture of who is behind this. <laughs> It does. And you really see the family resemblance uh, between all of the photos. I'm like, oh my gosh, you could like see exactly how it was passed down. You're so cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing, but my mom was laughing and she's like, I love this photo and I like this one. And I was like, okay, thank you, mom. We can't put, this is not the family album as much <laughs> as I would love. so pretty. <laughs> right, thank you. I was like, as much as I would love for this to be the family photo album, I have to like, you know, narrow it down just to some photos. So I, I'm happy with the way that it, it turned out. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, you should be. I think that's really beautiful. How did you decide the, because you talked about <laughs> struggling to narrow down the contents. How did you decide the sections of blood, sex, and magic and decide that as your book title name? Where did that come from? Oh my God. Okay. So Funny enough, I was talking to my literary agent, and this is a long, I mean, this is like in the early days of like the manuscript. And I was like chatting with him. I was like, I'm putting all my blood, sweat, and tears, all of my blood, sex, and magic into this. And so we were just like cracking up about it. And I was like, wait a minute, blood, sex, and magic. I was like, I love that. I was like, <laughs> this is fun. I was like, blood, sex, and magic, all of my favorite things. I was like, I think this sounds like a perfect book name. And then my edit, like, late, oh, sorry, tongue tied. My literary agent, he was like, that sounds really sexy. Like, it actually sounds really good. And I was like, I know, I love it. Let's see, you know, if Harper will go for it. And so he, he like comes back and he's like, they love it. They actually like want your manuscript, you know, and that's what it's called. So I was like, fuck yeah, like blood, sex, magic. And then I ended up just breaking down the components of it where I'm like, okay, well, blood, I can't literally write about blood magic, which I really want to do. Um, but that's, maybe that will have to be saved for like, you know, some other classes or like workshop, you know, something else. But like, it's too much of a liability, I was told. So can talk about blood magic, but blood, you know, in the less literal terms and the more symbolic, I went into ancestral magic. So lineage, talking about my family history, connection to the women in my family, 
the witchiness in the family, the magic of the family, right? So that's where blood is just really um, focusing on ancestry, uh, connecting to your ancestors, connecting to that part of yourself. Um, sex is pretty direct. I'm talking about spells of magnetism and uh, sex magic, uh, manifesting with your orgasms, sort of the history of that, like a tarot for cheaters. Because I know everybody gets that question, especially if you're a reader. We always have clients and friends and ourselves even where we're like questioning our relationship. So I get into that too. Um, yeah, just talking about like my toxic relationships that I've had in the past and like pregnancy and abortion and child loss. So it really gets into some things that like, you know, I don't talk about. Uh, on social media and I wanted to save it for the book and then magic you know we talk about like general spells of empowerment so if there's the one takeaway from people reading my book is like this is from my lived experience this is not my be all is this is not the be all and end all I'm not telling you what to do I'm sharing with you so if you take anything from it great if you don't that's fine too but you know I am putting this out there into the world because it's it's something different, you know, it's interesting, it's healing, and it's empowering. And that's something that I really am excited to put into the world. I am getting a lot from it already. I still have to work my way through it and do a lot of the things in there. I started backwards because I do want to incorporate a lot of the ancestor magic like into late October and early November. That's like the perfect season for me to yes. work on those things. So I instead went to the back and I like went straight to the manicures. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love your nail like, section. <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry, because like, you know, I've spent so much and this is why I think, feel like it's so different from like other like magic books, because people don't seem to understand where it's like, I love like glamour magic magic beauty magic I'm really all about like taking care of yourself and you know for me going back where I have um I have a section that's called the altar of nails it almost to me feels like it ties right back into blood because my ritual with my grandmother um, was getting our nails done. And that was something that, you know, I love doing with my grandmother and my mom. It was a way that we, you know, ritualistically got together on Sundays or, you know what I mean? Like every other Sunday we would go have lunch, we'd get our nails done we would talk and they would gossip. And that was our beauty ritual. That was something that made us feel good. And it made me feel connected to the women in my family. So it's something I looked forward to and it's something that I still carry on now, but you know, without my grandmother, she's there in spirit, but, um, I did end up getting a tattoo of a nail polish bottle, uh, for my grandmother when she passed away. Oh, that's a great tattoo. Yeah. She wore the same nail polish color for like 30 something years. I <laughs> she love never changed. grandmas that do that. Right. I was like, I just, there's something special about that. And so I am born under the sun sign of Taurus. So I am a Venusian. Like I love 
aesthetic and beauty rituals and self-care and pampering and adornment and all of those things are a part of my magical practice. So I didn't want to leave that out. And that to me felt uh, felt authentic. You know, I, I didn't want to just like fill up my book with a bunch of bullshit that like I didn't actually do. It's like I wanted to share what I did like and what I do practice and what is meaningful to me. So if that's like color magic or the symbolism of why, you know, whatever that it just, I enjoy, uh, I love art. I love art and magic and beauty. And I think all of those things are, uh, coexist with each other. Yeah. Your book really does take everything full circle. It's not three separate sections that have nothing to do with each other. It really all melds together. So I just, love the entire concept, but especially excited to dive more into that ancestor work. Uh, but I did, I did start with nails. I was like, this is the first time. <laughs> you're yeah. like, Ooh, you're like, what is this? I was like drawn to it right away. Like the altar of nails and the whole manicure section. I was like, yes, wait, I got to You know, what's even funnier too, is that like the images from that section I took years ago um these are not like this not like just like a stock image like those hands uh of like the manicured nails that actually is from the nail shop that I would go to with my grandmother there's a sign where you see all of these like black and brown hands it says airbrush designs it's actually the opening page of altar of nails that sign I wish that they didn't throw it away um, all of those hands are from the nineties, like the early nineties and all of those nails were like intricately designed, uh, by the woman that I'm talking about in my story. So you guys will have to read it. Um, but those were her nail art designs. She, she did all of those by hand. Um, and Beautiful. she was lovely. So yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things I always say, like, that should be archived. And it's sad because they just got rid of it. You know, they don't I don't even know if they exist anymore um, because most people now, you know, they really are into like different types of nail art. So to them, like that is outdated or you know what I mean? So like they get rid of like all of their history. And I'm like, no, like you guys used to have like 35 millimeter portrait, like 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 physical like <laughs> tangible pictures I was like don't you know that this is like this could be like archived I was like this is a, like now a lost part of history that like we don't have that documentation anymore because they didn't really see the significance in it but you have like little nerds like me where I'm like no save it <laughs> <laughs> well you did save it in a way so I did I, I like took photos of it myself before they got rid of it so and so it's nice to be able to see that. I was like, this is fun. And this is just the fun section. And I mean, your whole book is like that though, of like the bright colors and everything. I'm like, yes. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as like women are like women identifying people, we all have our rituals that make us feel beautiful, that make us feel confident. If it's not nails for someone it could be like you know their hair or it could be you know just anything like just something that you do that is meaningful to you or like empowering to you uh that's what my nails felt like for me and I think for a lot of women specifically like women of color our nail art 
and you know having that is a form of like self-expression and creativity you know so I, I I embrace it and I love it still something that I really absolutely enjoy speaking of empowerment rituals do you have anything planned for this Halloween for the launch of your book Yes, I do. So I can't wait to dress up. Um, I was thinking, I'm like, what am I going to be this year? I was like, uh, I want to go like full body paint. Like I want to like do something outrageous. So I'll have to see how much time or like energy I really have uh, to invest in a costume. <laughs> um, but I can't pass it up. It's like, hello, your book launches on Halloween. So I am going to be doing a signing and a reading at Elliott Bay uh, Book Company in Seattle, Washington. And then uh, following up with that is Dia de los Muertos. So like, I think I'm going to be doing a live, um, but that's like TBA. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I do know 100% I'm going to have a book release at Elliott Bay Book Company in Seattle. Oh, I am jealous of everyone listening to this that is in Seattle that could go. Oh, man. I know it's at 7 p.m. I forgot to say it's at 7 p.m. And then afterwards, uh, we have a funny little event planned at this place called the Gemini Lounge. It's also in Seattle. They have like astrology themed cocktails, which is going to be very cute. Oh, man. I, I know. So bad. What a great way to spend Halloween. I know I'm like it falls on a Tuesday so I'm like most people are going to be like raging and like partying like on Friday and Saturday but save some energy for me <laughs> <laughs> oh that is that is going to be a good time I'm excited for you <laughs> thank you I'm no I'm I'm really excited too and uh if we have listeners in Los Angeles I'm going to be um, at the Theosophical Library in Los Angeles, um, November 14th. Oh, exciting. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. So uh, I think I hope I hope I got that name right. <laughs> that sounds right. It sounds familiar. So I think you did. Okay, just making sure. Can you hear me still? I can, yeah. Okay, great. So yeah, it's the Theosophical Library. So I'm like, ah! I hope I got this correct. <laughs> it sounds familiar. I think you did. Okay. Well, hey, whatever. If not, you guys are going to go to the wrong place. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your history with new listeners and for chatting about your book. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And I am just so proud of all of the work that you have done and how far you have come since in the last 10 years. My goodness. Um, I know, right? Just amazing. Congratulations on your book coming out. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to update that. It's the Philosophical Research Society in Seattle. There you go. Sorry. I'm so sorry. The Philosophical Research Society in Los Angeles will be November 14th. I'm really excited. And thank you so much for having me. I'm just really thrilled. I feel so honored. And I'm really just excited about putting this book into the world. 
It's absolutely beautiful. I can't, you know, say that enough. And I know that there are pictures out there floating around. So hopefully you guys listening will check that out and go pre-order or pick that up in person, especially if you are able to go in Seattle or Los Angeles. I will be very jealous of you guys. <laughs> Yay! Well, that's everything that I have for you all this week. I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.